Welcome to the Healthy Hustlers podcast, a series of healthy conversations with inspiring hustlers. I'm your host, Madeline Carafa. Before we get started with today's episode, I did just want to let you guys know that due to the current restrictions that have been enforced due to COVID-19, I'm no longer able to record interviews in person. And if you have been following the Healthy Hustlers for quite some time, you will know that all the interviews are usually conducted in person, but the health and safety of my guests is number one priority. So therefore, they have been recorded online, so the sound quality may vary from other recordings, but I appreciate your understanding during this time. This episode of The Healthy Hustlers is proudly brought to you by The Memo, the feel-good baby edit to make the big decisions easy. Hello, Ange, and welcome back to The Healthy Hustlers podcast. How are you? I am so good. I'm so happy to be back here. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited to have you back here. I feel like we chat a bit on Instagram and I was like, I really need to get you back on the show because you're full of so much wisdom and you offer your community so much beautiful advice and I just love it. So I wanted to get you back on the show so we could dive into a few things today. But I do like starting the conversation with my guests by finding out a little self-care practice that they have been prioritizing at the moment. I think there's so much going on in the world and that little bit of self-care is probably more important than ever at the moment. So what's one thing you've been doing? If I had to pick one, I would say the one is getting outside, like every single day, getting outside, getting out into nature, going for a walk, going for a bike ride, something like that. That's got to be my biggest form of self-care because I feel like it just brings my mind back to neutral when things are getting crazy in the house. Like It's like a came out Yes. You know, definitely. I can so resonate to that. I think getting outdoors is the best thing you can do to just like switch that mindset, change the energy. So good. And you're on the beautiful Gold Coast. Mm. So getting outside is amazing. It's a treat. We've had the best weather. I'm like, isolation's kind of been made a whole lot better because the sun is shining most days and we have a pool. So I'm like, okay, we're good. <laughs> okay, we're good. We can do this. I know it's funnily enough, it's gotten really cold in Melbourne, but it's not too much rain yet, which is so nice because I'm like, I feel like Mother Nature's at least looking after us a little bit. <laughs> like you can still go outside. <laughs> I think we all need that at the moment. So we are living in quite wild times at the moment and I'd just love to know how you're prioritising your health. One of the biggest things for me when this all started, um, I had a lot of clients and people that I mentor and people in the gang that were just like, oh my gosh, I can't cope. Like I can't stay home. I'm so scared. Everything is so uncertain. You know, how long are we going to be here? What's going to happen? And people were getting so freaked out. And one of the biggest things for my health, like mental, physical, everything was my mindset from the beginning. So from the start, it was like, okay, there are things that I can control and there are things that I have zero control over. I have zero control over how long coronavirus wants to hang around. I have zero control over the government and how long, you know, we're in lockdown and what happens and, you know, the rules and things like that. Like I can definitely speak my piece, but for most of it, it was kind of just like, okay, what can I actually control in this moment? And I was like, okay, so, you know, I can control that every single day I have a bit of a schedule or a routine. So like for us in our family, we made sure that we had a schedule for the kids so that they knew at each time of day what the activity was. There was like um, movement time, which was getting outdoors and making sure they move their body. There was creativity time where they would paint and do things. And 
as much as that's important for kids, it's also so important for adults that we follow some sort of a schedule. So for me, for my health, that was important. Like I know, you know, I fast most mornings, so I know 11am I'm going to go and make my smoothie and I'm having a smoothie every single morning because I know that that's just flushing nutrients through my body and making sure I'm energized for the day. And, you know, just having those things for me in my schedule was the biggest thing for my health and just constantly focusing. I actually created the schedule by focusing on what can I control right now. And it actually took away time to scroll on social media. It took away the time to watch the news or freak out because I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing personal development time. I'm reading now is like mummy time with the girls. So that's really helped with my health overall, I find. That is awesome advice. And it's really funny because routine and schedule is something that I've probably always battled a bit with. Like I've always said that I'm not a routine person, but then having Georgia, I actually, um, my uncle's partner did her like astrology, her star sign stuff based on the time she was born. Yeah. One of the biggest takeouts was how she will thrive in routine. So mm-hmm. she's a Virgo um, and yeah, thrives in routine. Mm-hmm. And so it was something that just always sat there for me. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm not really a routine person. Like, I don't know. It just kind of kept like festering away at me a little bit. And it wasn't until we got into this isolation period, like, sorry, prior to that, I was very good with her nighttime routine and she's always been a really great sleeper. We've had our hiccups, but overall as a baby, really good sleeper. So had definitely tested the routine there. And obviously, you know, it was showing that proving to work, but since being in isolation, more for me as well. And I guess my mental well-being. I've had to feel like I'm at least achieving a few things mm-hmm. and not, not that I want to be achieving, you know, business goals or anything, but just little things like, okay, I've got outside today. I've had a coffee today. I've had a really nourishing breakfast, like little things that I can at least look back on my day at five o'clock and think, okay, I actually did something. And so I've found that we've just naturally got into this rhythm of a really beautiful routine of getting up, like she'll have her breakfast and then we'll go for our walk. I'll get my coffee, come back, she has her sleep. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my goodness, this is actually working wonders for both of us. Like I can almost know exactly when she's going to go to sleep now, how long she's going to sleep for, you know, what time I have to myself to do X, Y, and Z. So I love that you talk about that as as something that's helping your health, because I actually think overall it's really helped mine as well. And it's something I think I'll take away from the isolation of really prioritizing that, that routine as a family, and then letting our weekends be a bit more carefree and you know when we feel or how we feel yeah yeah so yeah and do you find your girls thrive in a bit of routine or are they a bit more like a bit of free flow they for sure thrive in routine I think for me the biggest thing I've always known for adults and small children is that structure creates freedom because when you have your day structured it's like you know I used to be all like I hate you know routine and structure because I'm like a free-flowing hippie and oh my god I want to like always have that freedom But what I found was I was such a slave to the anxiety of what needed to be done. So I didn't actually have any freedom. Like I was thinking that I was free because I didn't go by a schedule, but I would finish the day and be like, oh my God, I haven't done the washing and the girls need their school uniform. And like, I haven't organized dinner and I haven't done this and I haven't done that. And I was like rushing to do things because I was so free during the day. Whereas I actually have scheduled in time 
for fun and freedom and reading and doing the things. So I know that the things that are the top of my values are constantly getting done every single day, as opposed to just hoping that I get time to do them. And it's yes. exactly the same for the kids. It's like the stuff that's important to them, like Bo, it's really important for her that we have mummy time and go for a bike ride or do something every day. So scheduling that in means she knows and she's really certain that that's going to happen, you know? Oh, I love that so much. And because she's seven now, you were saying yeah. to me prior to the chat. Yeah. You know, it's it's such a, um, I'm sure, an interesting age for you, like, because she's so grown up and aware of things. And yeah, it's good to hear that she's really thriving in that bit of routine. How's she going at the moment, I guess, without school and uh, that bit of normality? She's been good. It's definitely been challenging in ways because, you know, they're home so much and it's like, yes. oh my gosh. The good thing is because her dad lives in another country, he does Zoom homeschooling three days a week, which gives me time to get some work done and do some bits and pieces, which is really, really awesome. So she'll do that with him. But their school's pretty relaxed, which has been nice. And, you know, that's good. It's just giving her something to do for the rest of the day. It's just, again, and having that structure and routine of these are the things we need to do. But I've even been using this time to kind of teach them how to be adults in a way, like Bo does now washing in the house now you know and she knows how to empty the dishwasher properly and how to stack it properly and she knows how to soak whites and like do all these bits and pieces. oh my goodness that's amazing oh I'm like you know like kids kind of like you know they often go through life where it's like mum will do it mum does my washing mum totally way and I was like no like if you live here full-time you can contribute to yes. like helping and getting stuff done and she actually has really thrived with it I think kids you know, my friend Scott Harris, he always says for kids to be responsible, they need to be given responsibility. Mm. Um, and so it's little things, you know, it's just, it's getting her to unstack the dishwasher, even the glass things. It's, you know, giving her jobs that make her feel like she's contributing to the house and she's an important part of the family, which she is. Yeah. I love that so much. That's really, really awesome advice. And it, it's funny, even with Georgia at the moment, I think like that little bit of independence, like she's only eight months, but I'm really having to come to terms with letting her feed herself because we're having much better results when she's got the spoon and she's, you know, picking up what she wants off her, off her high chair. And I think it's just one of those things that you almost need to accept from such an early age is giving kids that little bit of independence. It's so easy to kind of like want to be that helicopter mum or, you know, be so protective because you're just so linked to this little human and everything that they do. But yeah, giving them that freedom to kind of be themselves and to do things their way is really important. So that's so beautiful. She can come to my house and do washing anytime (laughs) she likes. It's really funny. My um, One of my girlfriends, she sent me a photo the other day and she's like, I can't be bothered mumming today. And she's got a baby George's age, but then she's got a three and a half year old. And so her little three and a half year old's like in the baby's cot, like patting the baby back to sleep. And I was like, oh, I need one of those. I need a little beautiful soul like that. It was so nice. So I think giving them, yeah, those little responsibilities is such a beautiful thing to do. Yeah. So something I feel like we hear a lot about, especially in probably the self-development and spiritual world, and I'm seeing and hearing a lot of at the moment, is really about raising your vibration. And it's something that I know you speak a lot about and you do really well. So I'd love to kind of dive into that a little bit for anyone that's kind of new to that term or not even really sure how to approach it. Mm. How for you, do you have any kind of rituals or things that you use to raise your vibration when you're not feeling quite right? Well, first of all, I think for people who are new to it, it's really understanding 
what it means. Like, you know, when someone, you know, like you're at a party and someone walks into the room and you're drawn to turn to them and they're like confident, like you don't even hear them. You just feel them or even the opposite, you know, your partner gets home from work and you almost feel the heaviness of their day. If it hasn't been a good day, that is someone's vibration. Like you can almost feel people who are vibrating at a good level Mm, and you definitely feel when people aren't because you know, when someone's in a bad mood, sometimes without even looking at them, just by the energy that kind of engulfs you. And so the biggest thing for me is, you know, with so much going on in the world, it's so easy to fall into a low vibration. And I think what happened when this first started is people got really scared. Um, You know, am I going to lose my job? Am I going to be able to pay rent? How long are we home for? Oh my gosh, I have to homeschool. My kids are nutcases. Like how the hell are we going to do this? Um, And so people went into a lot of fear in the beginning But the cool thing was, I feel like as we've gone along, people have started to really find their feet with things that they didn't realize they could do. People are like, wow, I'm actually really adaptable and I can be really resourceful when I want to be. And so that kept raising this vibration. And for me, the biggest thing would be constantly looking at the questions I'm asking myself and asking, you know, questioning if they're high quality questions or low quality. So for example, in this situation, a question might be, you know, why do we have to be in lockdown? Why is our prime minister doing this to us? You know, it's not fair. I, you know, I can't, I won't, I'm powerless. Like those kinds of questions, be it that they may be quite valid, like obviously for someone who's going through, you know, they're in a domestic violence relationship and they're stuck at home with their abuser. Like that's, you know, obviously you're going to be scared and you're going to be asking yourself those questions. But the thing that can shift for anyone in any situation is changing the quality of your questions. And instead of saying, why me? Why this? Why that? It's okay. You know, what could I do right now to improve my situation? So asking better quality questions, what can I, again, what can I control? You know, how can I make the most of being at home? If I was to homeschool my kids, what's the type of teacher I would love to be? You know, like if this was to go on for the rest of the year, if I can't travel for the rest of the year, how do I want to spend these months? Like Mm -hmm. you can ask yourself those better quality questions. It does raise your vibration because you go absolutely a victim of like, you know, woe is me, poor me, I, I can't do this, I'm out of control to actually I'm in control of a lot of things. And I'm going to make the most of what I'm in control of and make the best of what we've got right now. And that in itself raises your vibration. Yeah, definitely. I love that approach to it so much. And I like can really understand that from even me personally at the start of this, I was very much like, oh my goodness, like I had all these plans to travel and I had all these, you know, amazing in-person interviews locked in and, you know, we're meant to go on this holiday and it was really like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, you know, I've worked so hard to get to this point and now it's all just being like pulled from under me. And as soon as you shift that thinking and that mentality and be like, hang on, look at the country we're going through this in, like, look how lucky we are to be supported by our government, you know, financially and how lucky am I to have this quality time with my daughter, like changing those thinkings. And yeah, that questioning of like really trusting that this is happening for a reason. So yeah, I really like that take on it. That's awesome. I think that's really great advice. Is it something that you do with the girls as well? Yeah. I'm. <laughs> we play um, 
a game called Mario Party. We have a Nintendo Switch and we play this game Mario Party, right? And I noticed that Bo was getting really disheartened if she wasn't winning or if someone else was winning. She'd be like, I'm so bad at this game. I suck at this game. And so it's little things like in that moment saying to her, well, instead of saying those words, why don't you ask yourself, you know, what could I do next to try and get ahead? Or what could, you know, you have to get a star in this game. And so I'm like, you know, why don't you ask yourself what needs to happen for me to get the next star? And start asking yourself better questions because when you say I'm so bad and I suck, you're actually manifesting more of that in. And if you're constantly saying throughout the game, this is a really weird example, a Nintendo game. No, I love it. <laughs> but if you're constantly saying throughout the game, I suck and I'm no good and I'm going to lose, you're probably going to lose because that's the energy that you're giving out. And you're not going to make the effort that you would make if you felt like you were going to win. And I'm like, it's the same for life. You know, like if you're constantly going through life saying, you know, bad things happen to me people don't like me, I'm not smart, I'm not this, I'm not that, then you do attract those things because you act as the person you believe that you are. Whereas if you believe that in this case in the game you're going to win a star or you're going to win the game, then you start acting in a different way. So in that way I like to talk to the girls. I mean Harper's a little bit harder because she's so little, but in that way that's probably how I describe it to them just through experiences because it's hard to sit down with a seven-year-old and be like, hey, let's talk about vibration. Totally. Yeah, totally. No, I think that's such a beautiful approach. And I think even, you know, it's something with money as well. You Mm. hear so many people like, oh, I can't afford that, or I'm never going to earn that much money instead of shifting that, those words and saying like, I am worthy of that. And why can't I, you know, I am going to Mm. be able to afford that. I am going to live in that type of house. I am going to earn that kind of money. And it does, it really shifts your whole energy and your focus towards it. And I feel like it almost allows you to let go of the bit of fear around that sort of stuff as well mm-hmm. yeah so I think they're they're really beautiful ways to approach it so something you often hear quite a bit about as well and you know especially at the moment on social media everyone's like you know I'm really being challenged to trust the process or I've always trusted the process but now that's being really questioned at the moment mm. I believe that you're someone that really has kind of like trusted in the process and you you really do do that. So what have you kind of learned over the years and how has that allowed you to trust in the process? One of the main things is, again, what I can't control, I'm not going to give energy to. I'm going to give all my energy to what I can control. So like last year, I had problems with my heart again. So I'd had problems with my heart. I'd had a couple of surgeries about four years ago. And then last year it all came to a head. I had a, um, I had a TI, what's called a TIA stroke. And then when I got an MRI, they found that I'd had a silent stroke in my, a part of my brain. Um, but luckily I hadn't been affected in, you know, like I didn't even know I had the second one. I knew I had the first one because I've lost vision in one of my eyes. But the other one I didn't even know. And This all happened literally while I was going through my separation. Like as it was happening, my goodness. Hugh moved out in March. I had my stroke in May. I got together with my boyfriend like a week later, like going through all of this. You know, a couple of months later I had to have one surgery and then a couple a month after that another surgery. And then even right now, I don't actually find out results until I think mid this year so a couple more months to find out oh my goodness healed and like but it's one of those things where in that moment I can be like the victim like Mm. what I have is a birth defect it didn't happen for any reason other than I was just born with this hole in my heart and it's just it sucks but it's just there 
And it's like, I can be the victim and I can be like, oh my God, this is so bad. Like, why is this happening to me? I'm so unlucky. You know, life is so hard. Or I can be like, you know what? Thank freaking God this is happening to me and not one of my kids. It's happening to me and not someone who's in a situation where they can't afford the help that I've been able to afford. I've been able to go to the best doctors and do the best things. Like, luckily, I'm in a really good position, you know, with my own physical health as well to be able to get through surgeries like I've had. And not be too badly affected by them on the other side. And it's like when you start looking, and it all goes back to gratitude, and that's why it is my biggest message ever. But when you look at, you know, what you're going through, in that moment I could have been like, my life sucks, I'm divorced, you know, I'm a totally independent mom. I'm like now I have my kids full time. I I look after them financially 100%. You know, I don't have any other support. You can be like, woe is me and life is really hard. But it's not going to make anything better. That was the Mm. biggest thing that I learned when I first started having my heart issues a couple of years ago. Complaining is not making it better. I'm actually feeling worse when I complain. Whereas when I start thinking about why I'm lucky, about what I've got, start thinking about what I can do, that changes everything. Like I remember after my first surgery, I was getting really bad migraines and I went through about a week where I had almost no vision. And I was like, you know, at the time Bo was like two or three and I was like, I can't even see my daughter. I can't Mm. play with her because I'm in so much pain and like I can't do anything. And I was like, okay, well, what can I do? So I got my ex-husband to download all these audio books on quantum healing and, you know, sound therapy. And I lay and I listen to all these really incredible books because I could hear. I'm like, you know what? I can't see. I can't get up and move, but I can hear. Like I can still do things. And so sometimes it's just, and it's like hard, but it's just blindly following the process and being like, you know what, there's a reason that this is happening. And, you know, I think about my strokes and everything happening when it did, you know, one of the biggest blessings is, you know, my now boyfriend and I, he came through that path with me. He actually saw me at my very worst, but I remember, and it was such a special moment. It was one of those moments where I was like, wow, this is, this is my man. He walked in to the hospital room. I'm going to get teary just after I'd had my big surgery. And he walked in and he just said, how on earth do you look so damn sexy in a gown like that? And still like the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And he's like, just his energy, just, it overwhelmed me. And I was just like, Oh my God, like, this is my man. This is right. I felt the love. Like I just, I, I was like, you know, how lucky am I to be going through this? And we became so close through it. And he saw me at my worst. And I saw the man that he could show up for me as in a new relationship. And that was really special. So there's always going to be something. I don't know why I have, you know, the condition I have with my heart, but I do know that, you know, it's the reason for a lot of my migraines. And the reason I got into health is because of my migraines. The reason I have my business is because I got into health you know, like it all just connects eventually. It doesn't always make sense when it's happening, but eventually it's going to connect. And so you might not know what's coming. You might not know why all these things are happening to you and why life is kind of shooting you down so much, but you will eventually, if you're willing to look at it, like I could still sit here and be a victim, but I decided to find all the blessings. And that's what makes my experience different to someone who doesn't want to look for those blessings. We'll be right back after this healthy break. As you prepare for a happy home life with your newborn, 
The amount of choice and options of what to buy can be endless and to be honest, seems somewhat overwhelming. That's exactly why I want to introduce you to The Memo. The Memo have kindly done all the hard work for you. It's a feel-good and effortless online retail destination with an edit of the best, the brightest, and the most loved baby brands on the planet for now and tomorrow. They've cut through all the noise and done the trialing and the reviewing for you, selling only the stuff you need. Some are eco-aware, some just work the best, but they are all absolutely beautiful. The Memo also offers a free 30-day trial, free home delivery for orders over $150, as well as a generous feel-good gifts that can be delivered safely and directly to new mums in your life. If you've been following my motherhood journey on Instagram, you will know I'm a huge fan of The Memo and buy all of George's baby essentials from there because they completely take the stress out of having to research because they do only stock the best of the best. As a thank you, all of the Healthy Hustler listeners are entitled to a 10% off when they use the promo code the Healthy Hustlers at the checkout. All you need to do is head to thememo.com.au or simply click the link in the show notes and use the promo code the Healthy Hustlers at the checkout. What are you waiting for? Go and get that present you've been waiting for or that gorgeous baby gift for yourself. I promise you won't regret it. That is exactly why I adore you so much. (laughs) Everything that you do, it is seriously, you just honestly radiate gratitude and love and all of those amazing things. You just radiate it through your channel, through your words that you write on Instagram and just hearing you then, I was like, this is exactly why I adore you and why you're inspiring so many women because of that exact approach. So thank you so much for sharing that. I know the listeners will get so, so much out of that. And I think everyone can take something from that as well as the way that they, you know, approach things and look at things because every hardship that we go through is relative to us and to our situation at the time. So taking that approach is just so, so important. So thank you so much for sharing that. Something I do also want to touch on with you is the feeling of mum guilt because, you know, since I've welcomed my my little girl, Georgia, I have really realized that that's a thing Um, and it exists a lot and it's really really hard to manage sometimes and no matter what your situation is as a mum if you're at home just doing a baby all the time or if you're working and you know juggling two or three kids or if you like parenting with a with a partner no matter what it is 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 that feeling of mum guilt when you leave your kid to go and do work or something that lights you up but I also find that it's something so important. And for me, it's definitely, you know, still prioritizing my work and giving Georgia time with her nanas is something that actually I believe has made me be a better mum. Even though at the time when I'm doing it, I'm like, oh, she's so young. Should I be doing this? Like, blah, blah, blah. But I know that it's making me be a better mum because I'm just so present when I'm with her and I know that that time that we have together is ours and nothing else matters. So I'd love to know how you kind of manage that feeling and if you have like any mantras or or things that you use to get past that feeling. 
Oh, I think the main thing is you just always want to be looking forward, not back. For me, when it comes to mum life, it's so challenging. Like I, I feel like I'm always messing it up. Like even yesterday, I, I was getting angry and frustrated with Bo because she was angry and frustrated. Like she was kind of like aggressive and I was like, what is going on? And I was like, I, I lost it. And I was like, I can't handle it. Go to your room. Like you're being, you're giving me attitude. Like what's going on? And then um, my partner went in and spoke to her and he's like, she's really sad. She really struggles with her dad not living here. Like day to day, she's, you know, she cries a lot. And he's like, and she's just, she's really sad. Like you just, you need to give her a break. And, you know, she's having these emotions and she doesn't know how to deal with them. And I was like, I'm the worst mom ever. And I was like, I work too much and I didn't see it. And I'm like beating myself up for it. And I was like, you know what? the first thing is looking at it and saying, what is the truth here? The truth is I probably work like 20 hours a week, which is amazing compared to like, you know, a lot of people have to work 50 hours a week or 40, 60, like whatever. People work a lot more than I do. And I was like, okay, that's not an excuse. That's not the truth, right? It's always thinking, what is the truth here? And then I thought to myself, okay, what you know not giving her what she needed in the past few days has obviously shown up in some way okay what can I do how can I use that to be better so you know today for instance I was like all right you know you and I are going to go for a bike ride and we're going to have some time we always have really good conversations when we're riding because we're next to each other not looking directly at each other which I think okay I don't know it's a good way for her to just let her her mind like her speech to just kind of flow she just talks and, um, you know, just saying, how can I, you know, for me, okay, from now on, how can I be more loving? You know, from now on, how can I make her feel the love of both parents, even though one isn't physically here? Like, what do I need to do? And so when you feel that guilt, I'm like, the first thing you got to do is say, okay, what's the actual truth here? Is the truth that I'm neglecting my child or I work too much or that I'm not giving her enough attention? Or is the truth that I'm actually showing her how cool it is that women can do anything right now. And Mm -hmm. I'm actually showing her, you know, that it's important to have passions or am I showing her it's special to be able to help other people? Like what am I really showing her if I'm I'm honest? And how can I use what I now know that I didn't know before to be better in the future? You know, and actually for me, it's like scheduling things in. So, you know, the question like for you is like, is it really bad that an eight month old is going to a nanny so that you can work? No, like children should be raised by multiple people. I'm a big believer in if possible. And I know it's not possible for moms, but I think that kids should be at lots of different people's homes and being raised by lots of different people and have the influence of, you know, lots of incredible people around them. Like, you know, I send my kids to my friends whenever I can and their friends, their kids come here and my parents both take my kids for sleepovers and, you know, if my kids don't want to go for a sleepover, I'm like, too bad you're going because it's important yeah. that, you know, you go and spend time Absolutely. with people who have different lives, you know, and my parents, I'm not sending her to strangers' house. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think the main thing is, yeah, just asking yourself those questions and then going, okay, what do I need to do to be better in the future? And being a parent is hard. Like not everything, your kids aren't going to agree with everything. And your kids aren't going to be always happy and it's not going to be rainbows and sunshine, but it's realizing that sometimes those harder moments are the lessons that really need to be learned by both of you, you know? Yes. Or what makes you better or become better Mm. in the future. Mm. Yeah. So speaking about 
being a mum. It was Mother's Day on the weekend. How did you spend Mother's Day? I woke up early because my kids wake up at like 5.30. Oh, my goodness. That is such Gold Coast time. I know. <laughs> I feel like all my family on the Gold Coast, they're all like 5.30 rises. I was like, oh, goodness. <laughs> We're like crazy people. I don't know why we do it to um, And then we went and had a picnic. We got we went and got breakfast takeaway and we sat on Burley Hill, um, myself, my boyfriend and my two girls we ate and then we went to my mum's house and she made yummy food and we ate that with her and just ate a lot of food, really. That's pretty Oh, my good. goodness. That sounds like heaven to me. I've got um, Burley on my vision board because that is the goal, somewhere along the coast to end up there in the next five years. So as soon as you said Burley Hill, I was like, oh, my goodness, that just sounds like the most perfect day to me. Very good. Very good. <laughs> How nice. So another thing you wrote on your Instagram the other day was a list of things that are important. And one of them that you mentioned was gratitude is free. Mm. It's obviously a huge part of your business. Your Instagram is gratitude project and it's what you've formed. Yeah. A lot of your work around. So I would love to get a little bit of an insight into how you teach the girls gratitude. So there's a couple of ways. And I, I, you know, I've learned these from different people along the way, so I didn't make any of them up. But um, the first one is every night before bed, just not necessarily what are you grateful for? Because sometimes, depending on the age of the kids, they can't always understand completely the concept of, you know, what it is and what it's doing. So it's, you know, what was your favorite part of today? Who was kind to you today? What did you learn today? If you could make today any different, what would be different, you know, tomorrow? And then my biggest thing for my girls, just especially with having females, um, I know that for me, confidence was not something I embodied growing up too much, like around physical confidence or my abilities. I always was kind of like, you know, up until I was in, I had Bo, I was like, I'll just be a wife because I'm not smart and I can't do anything else. So my big thing is they've got a board in their room that they read from every night And it's like, I'm brave, I'm smart, I am healthy, I am kind, I can do anything, I'm loved, I am enough. It's, you know, a bunch of I am statements that they read out. And I think for me, the biggest thing having girls is just making sure that every single day they're aware of how amazing they are and what it is that they can do and how incredible they are. Because for me, that that gratitude starts with them being grateful for themselves before mm-hmm. anything else. And then it's just little things like I think just making a big deal of being thankful towards other people. So when someone does something nice, you know, hey, maybe we could write them a card. Like that was really nice. It was really good that your friend did that for you. Do you want to write her a little card or do you want to do something there? And then we used to have, we haven't been doing as much anymore because the house has become a bit crazy since my partner moved in and he's got two girls as well. But um, before dinner, we would put our hands over our food, um, not touching it, just hovering, and say thank you to all the people that our food came from. So like the farmers and the shops. And it it was so nice because it's like the kids start to understand food doesn't just appear on the table. And, you know, it's a moment to stop as well. Like it's a moment to stop and just reflect. So trying to do that as much as possible. I definitely need to do the meals. I love that one so much. It's actually a meditation that I listened to on, I think it's on Buddhify and it's like, thank you. It's just called thanks. And it basically like I'd listen to it at night, but it's like going through 
all the things that you had today, or sorry, you had to think of something that you had today from yeah. food yeah. and you had to take it all the way back to like the very first touch point of that food. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for me, I like I often think about like my matcha or my coffee or the toast I had in the morning or something like that. And so it goes to the farmers, to, you know, the truck drivers who drove it to the suppliers, the suppliers mm-hmm. who baked it and blah, blah, blah. And it's actually such a beautiful thought pattern to go through and exactly what you said, that realisation of, it doesn't just appear like a lot of love and hardship and care has gone into that, into getting it to that point. And it actually started to make me a lot more aware as well of when I'd buy things at the supermarket, the price point of something. Mm. So if so, like the dollar milk at the supermarket was a really big thing for me where I was like, okay, everyone's celebrating $1 milk, but like yeah. that actually has so many different touch points to get to that bottled milk that you purchase in Coles or Woolies. Yeah. Like why are we celebrating this price when so much care, you know, years of family farming and all yeah. of that sort of stuff has gone into that bottled milk? Yeah. And I think it actually just made me as an adult so much more aware of where I was putting my money and you know, in turn, I was saying what I valued by spending on something. So Mm. why am I putting money towards something that's discounted so much that I know that the person that's actually put the most love into that isn't getting the reward that they should. So I love that you do that. That is such a beautiful little ritual to do with the girls. Mm. It's beautiful. And just that awareness. Yeah. Yeah. I think all of those are like, they're just such, such beautiful little things to instilling them in such a young age because it will just become second nature to them like believing you know that they are smart and they're strong and all of those qualities are going to going to be so ingrained in them um yeah so I love that so much and so many of them I'll be using on Georgia so thank you so (laughs) much for sharing um now before we finish our chat I do want to hear a little bit about you your work because you do some incredible work with really supporting people's health journeys um and supporting women to have financial freedom and to work on their own terms so can you give us a little bit I know we spoke about it in the first episode that we did together but for any new listeners that maybe haven't heard that episode could you give me a little snapshot into your business I guess there's two main parts. So one part is the Health Hub, which is my wellness program. And I think when I created it, the biggest thing for me was having a platform where people could come in wherever they were at and not feel intimidated and not feel like they were coming into a space where they had to be deprived or follow, you know, a really intense diet or exercise regime, but more so a hub of information and experts where they could go, okay, I want to learn more about crystals. Okay, great. So there's a crystal ebook in there. You know, I want to eat healthier. Okay, well, there's like hundreds of recipes that you can choose from that we've created. And okay, I want to lose weight. Okay, great. There's a challenge there that we can put you through over a couple of weeks. Like there's so many different resources for people who feel overwhelmed with, I feel like there's always these kind of one size fits all diets that come out and letting people become more intuitive. So yeah, the purpose of the program is really to give people a bit of a jumping off platform around their health and then a lifetime hub of goodness and other people. And then the gang is just my, it's pretty much my main gig now, or it is my main gig now. It's pretty much all I do. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. It's nice to simplify. You and I were talking about simplifying before. It's nice to simplify everything you're doing because I remember before 
I started the gratitude gang, it was really like, okay, I'm going to do like social media collaborations and then I'm coaching and then I'm doing group coaching and then I'm going to have an online program as well. And then I want to do speaking. And there were so many things and so many places I felt like I needed to be that it became kind of overwhelming. Whereas now, because you know, the gang and the income that's generated from that is so abundant. I can do things out of choice instead of necessity. And I feel like that makes everything so much more authentic on social media and in real life. Cause it's like, if I'm talking about something, it's cause I love it. Not because I'm like, that company's going to pay me and you know, I'll make money if I promote this. It's like, no, I'm just, I'm going to talk about this cause I think the company is awesome and I love it. And all of those bits and pieces. But in a nutshell, um, the gang is basically um, my space where I mentor women to create an income online um, using social media. And I think the great thing about right now is we've always spoken about what we do in the gratitude gang to be kind of like a backup plan or a plan B, especially a lot of mums don't want to go back to work after they have kids, but financially they need to. So teaching them how they can be with their kids and create an income And, but right now, you know, so many of the girls, we've got like 900 girls in the gang and so many of them, this plan B that they've been creating for some time has become their only stream of income. And it's like, they had that backup thing that stopped them from being in crisis when they got laid off from their job. And that to me has been really special. It's been a really nice reflection on the work that has been done over the last three years, the fact that, you know, there are now women who aren't you know, financially stressed or women who are able to just do this because all of a sudden they've been made redundant from a job that they didn't like and they still have income coming in. So yeah, it's been a really nice time in my business because of all this going on. So yeah, that's kind of That's so good to hear. And I loved that you touched on the simplifying things because it is something that we were chatting about together um, before we hit record. And it's definitely something that I'm learning at the moment and I think you know exactly what you were saying it's so easy to get caught up in that you know I want to do speaking and I want to do this and I want to do events and I want to do you know like almost making your business something that it doesn't need to be Mm. and I think you know this whole isolation process it's like we have had to pivot I guess in a lot of ways and to be more resourceful and and to adapt to the change and what it's actually made me do is completely simplify Mm. my business and in turn I'm like I'm actually probably earning as much money if not you know like it's that thing that I was so fearful of which was losing all the money that you know and the partnerships and that that I'd worked so hard to get and have finally was in this position where I was like yes all of this hard work is paying off and then I was so scared of it being taken away from me because of this situation but instead of letting that fear override me I just you know stopped I kind of thought okay how can I pivot how can I make the best out of this what is the content that I'm going to put out there that's Mm. still good that's still of so much value to people how am I going to continue to give value to people's lives and in turn that you know, the universe does respond. And I think, you know, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, my business has been simplified so much. And I just feel so much calmer and Mm. so much more me again. And like what I'm doing is truly lighting me up again, instead of being on this constant spinning wheel of, I need to do more, I need to do more and looking into other people's lane. And I'm not 
fast enough. I'm not, you know, all of this. So yeah, I really love that that's all working in your favor because you have worked so hard to get to this point. And it's just a testament to how amazing what you are creating is. So well done to you. Thank you. And if anyone wants to find out a bit more about the gang, where can they contact you? Probably Instagram. <laughs> um, I'm <laughs> Love it. On, like, that's where I hang out the most. I'm actually doing up my website as we speak. So hopefully by the time this goes live, it'll be done because I plan on getting it done in the next few days. But I just wanted to update it and give it a facelift. And facelift is such a bad word for it. But, yeah, give it a bit of a refresh. <laughs> 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 a refresher. Yes. I love it. Hopefully my website will be up. But if it's not, just go to Instagram and message me. I'm always around and always up for a chat. And yeah, that's me. Oh, so good. Yeah, well, one of the um girls that is a listener of the show actually and she came to one of my events in Sydney with Georgie. Um, Jess, I know she's part of the gang now and I've been chatting to her a bit on Instagram and I just said to her, I'm like, oh, you're just radiating happiness at the moment. Like she just and she's I think a lot of it's obviously to do with the beautiful work she's doing with you. So yeah, you honestly just bring so much to people's to women's lives. So yeah, thank you so much for everything you do and for being a guest again on the show. Always love chatting to you. I'm around any time to talk to you. So thank you for having me again. It's always awesome being on here. Oh, it's so nice. And I can't wait to see you in person when I book my flight to the Gold Coast. It's the first first thing I'm doing. Go house hunting in Burley. (laughs) Seriously. I know. We'll have to catch up for that green smoothie we've been trying to have for ages. Once quarantine's over, lockdown, there it is. Totally. Oh, Ange, thank you so much. Appreciate all all your wisdom. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review. For any products mentioned in today's show, please check the show notes below and hit the direct links. If you'd like to suggest a future guest, please follow at The Healthy Hustlers on Instagram and send through a direct message. Until next week, don't forget to invest in you.